Hello, and welcome back to Invent Anything. In this episode, we'll cover everything you'll need to know to become successful in monetizing your patents by covering a very systematic, eye-opening approach we have used over the decades. Inventions keep the world spinning. From fire in the wheel to today's high-tech, inventions power change. Turn your inventions into reality. Learn how to get your ideas to market. This is Invent Anything with John Cronin. Hi, I'm John Cronin, and today we'll cover six topics. Topic number one is ways to figure out who to sell or license your patents to. Topic number two will be to prepare for the sale, sort of getting your house in order. Topic number three is using the market pull method. Or in topic number four, maybe you could use the market push method. We'll go to topic number five, which is getting a campaign together and what's needed to support it. And then in topic number six, we will do negotiations and closing of the deal. And then of course, we'll wrap up as we do each time. In a moment, we'll learn ways to figure out who to sell or license your patents to. And we are sure that once you learn this, you'll understand real ways to know if you've got a possibility to monetize and make money. You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode. And as always, I'd like to discuss the audience who might want to take a look at this uh, podcast. It's really for those people that might have patents who want to monetize them. That's primary. But it also could be for IP professionals who might want to learn about the business side of patents. Or it could be for those in management or supervisory levels in a company that want to get a briefer on how to monetize patents. It could certainly be for those who want to understand the connection between patents to leverage their business. In previous episodes, we showed how to do valuation. So if you have done that, uh, that will give you good possibilities to understand whether you should monetize or not. And finally, for those considering maybe doing it yourself versus hiring an expert, this is a great guide and maybe even be best to use to make that decision. So let's get right at it. Let's go to topic number one, ways to figure out who to sell or license your patents to. If you had a good valuation, as we talked about in the previous podcast, what comes out of that are potential buyers and sellers. So that's a great place to start. But you could use a citation method. You see, in your patents, there are citations of other companies that the examiner has cited that is prior art to your patents, which that means is that your patents are building on the patents of others. So you might take a look at those citations and those companies. So that's a perfect place to figure out who might be interested. You might also see companies that cite your patents. And of course, if they're citing your patents, that means they're building on your patents and they would be a perfect company to approach. And of course, if they're both citing you and you're citing them, even more importantly, that you're building on them and they're building on you. So the citation method is a good way to figure out uh, who might be interested in, in buying or licensing your patents. You can use the evidence of use method that we've talked about in a previous podcast where your patent is used to actually figure out if someone may be violating it. And if you go into the evidence of use podcast, we go into detail about how to set up a deal with doing that. Of course, you could do web searches of, of target companies that have similar products. Uh, there's a skill doing that, of course, but you might spend some time looking at other products related to your patent and look at those companies and they might be interested. You know, who knows, maybe your patent is a great improvement to a given product out there. 
Once you do this, you're going to create a target list and you're going to put those rationales in the target list. And then you're going to research previous deals to see if any of those companies in the target list has actually bought or licensed patents. Uh, quote, you want to see if they're in the market. And then what you need to do is to find the right people to contact. For instance, in small companies, it might be the CEO directly. For a mid-sized company, maybe it's the intellectual property vice president who looks at every kind of intellectual property deal. But for very large companies, you might want to stay away from the intellectual property um, executives and deal directly with some business development manager. Of course, this comes from experience in knowing how to do this, but this is just some early guidance. And then we need to understand the serendipity nature of the sale or licensing of a deal. I once did a deal where uh, it ended up being a $160 million deal, uh, but we didn't know when we were approaching the particular uh, licensee that they were actually looking at us. So there's a serendipity nature that who knows when you're approaching a company that they might be looking for you or looking for new technology. Now we can move on to topic number two, preparing for sale of license, sort of getting your house in order. For the company and person on the target list that you're looking at, you need to figure out the hook. That is what would get somebody really interested in your patents. So for instance, if a CEO of a public company was on your target list, you might not only talk about the patents, but how you think those patents could help in a press release of the company uh, when they acquire or license the patents because maybe the stock would go up. The idea of finding this hook is essential in trying to figure out how to get someone interested. Once we've figured out the hook for each of the target members, we suggest a three-tier sort of patent monetization set of packages. The first package is just a several-page introduction of the patent yourself and the company, et cetera. But the second one would be hooked to that, meaning consistent with it, where it's about a 30-minute sort of a Zoom presentation of, of all the parts of the patents and why we think they're valuable. Then third would be a, a, another package of about the same size, but it really would deal with the diligence. So if there's real interest in the negotiation we'll talk about later, then having this diligence level presentation is important. And this would cover all sorts of things like uh, claims, what was in the, you know, the, the examiner response to the patent title, all, all the issues that patent people think about. And these are best done by experts, uh, but uh, you know, for, for, for the audience that's listening to this, uh, there's still many places on the internet where you could find examples of these kinds of things. One of the ways to improve success of this uh, preparing get your house in order is possibly doing a low cost video. We've done this a number of times where the inventor tells their story uh, and why they invented it and why they think the, the patents are important. There's nothing like a two or three minute video to get people interested. Another way to improve success is doing it by volume. In other words, you might have a target list, but you might consider increasing the target list uh, to get uh, more packages out, if you will. There is always a serendipity nature to selling or licensing patents. That is, you just never know when you're approaching somebody where they might have a need to improve their product or to improve their portfolio. So we've found that uh, volume helps in this sort of serendipitous issue. Another way to kind of improve things is uh, timing watching the companies on the target list you're talking to. You know, no matter how much a company would want your patents to sell or to license, if they just posted terrible losses, chances are they're not gonna have the money to do anything. On the other hand, you know, if they've had some new M&A acquisitions and they're spending money on improving their company, that might be perfect timing. One of the key ways we think to add more success to monetizing 
uh, your patents would be to add more patents to it. And we talked at length in the past about how to add improvement inventions as provisionals or even fast tracking patents to get them through the patent office in three to six months uh, so that you can have a larger and more relevant portfolio to the company that might want to uh, buy or license. Another fantastic way of improving the success of monetization of your patents is having a working prototype. Now, if it's a software invention, probably it's not going to be that expensive to have some level of a working prototype. But nonetheless, seeing something actually work really leads people to believe that the patents are more important. And then finally, one, one way to think about this and the, the final aspect of how to improve success is you really need to think about this sort of as long term. Uh, licensing or selling patents is a marathon, but you cannot get discouraged. You have to be sending out information, contacting people, listening for objections, trying to answer those objections and keep improving it every way you can. We'll talk in the next several topics about how to do that. So in a moment, we will learn two approaches. One is the market pull and the market push method of monetizing patents. You might find it inter interesting that you could do many things in secret and at low cost that could radically increase your success in monetizing your patents. You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode. Let's move on to topic number three, using the market pull method. Now, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to say it about four times in the rest of this podcast. But whatever you do, you're answering objections from the very beginning any email or any introductory package, any communication, any website, any link to you and your business and the patents is basically trying to answer objections. They might have, they might have objections as to whether your patent is really supported well with uh, you know, prototypes. They may have objections as to sort of the credibility of the claims. They may have lots of objections about even dealing with an individual company. So what you're trying to do is to overcome objections before they actually occur. And if you could do that, you're well on the way to monetizing your patents. Companies buy more when they think it's their idea. And this is the whole idea of market pull. How do you get the other companies to actually come to you? One of the things you could do is to prepare for your sales by adding sort of market pull efforts. Market pull efforts, like I mentioned, the citation. Well, it's very likely if you could file more patents, or if you knew about this trick, you'd actually cite the potential buyers of licensees in the patents uh, so that when your patent's issued, companies put alerts to look at their company name, and they may find that your patents are uh, citing their, their patents. And that, therefore, you're doing market pull because you're giving them the idea that maybe they have an interest in working with you. One of the things you could do is sit, submit your patents as a press release. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that you're trying to do this to say that you have a patent, but more or less the technology. But a press release could certainly get people to take notice that your patent is in the market. One of the things you could do is write a blog article around your patent, just intellectually. You can see the Invent Anything blogs on different products, and you could use that as kind of a template. One thing you could do is to, for market pull is to submit your patent sort of as a white paper. Again, you don't have to actually mention the patent number. You just mention what the technology is and what the innovativeness is. You could literally submit your patent uh, and turn it into a conference presentation and go to conferences. This is a well-known trick where people present technology at conferences to get business cards and interests only for those that got the business cards and interests that you had a patent on it. You could literally submit the patents to a press article. 
Again, don't mention the actual patent, but talk about the advancement of the technology. You see, market pull is really just a soft selling to get out to different media channels about your invention. And you'd be surprised how this can work. And it can almost work by itself, but many times it can work with the next topic, which we're going to talk about, which is the market push method. Now, once again, always be answering objections in everything we do. Everything you do to interact with a potential buyer or licensee is going to be looking at you through the lens of credibility. So everything you do should be about credibility and answer objections. You see, companies know that patents for sellers or licensees that are using guerrilla marketing techniques. They, they know and they expect to have people soliciting them if, for patent purchases or licenses. Uh, so the market push method is really more of a guerrilla marketing to figure out how to get into the door through the gatekeepers. But understand this sort of a Star Trek metaphor of shields up. In this market of monetizing or licensing patents, a lot of companies have their shields up. They actually don't want to see any information. They may have websites or portals or even policies that dictate whether they're gonna buy or license patents. And this is pretty easy to research before you take the next steps. So recognize that for those companies that are shields up, uh, it's very likely you won't be able to get through. I'm not gonna say it's a large percentage of companies, but it's certainly a percentage of companies that do it. One of the things you want to do if you're very good at sales is you can connect to the target list with those people directly by phone. If you know how to handle yourself on the phone and you're good at sales, that may be the best way to do it. But I would suggest that really for 85 to 90% of us who are not that good at the phone, got developing sort of intro packages, I mentioned before, the, the first tier of this, um, and understand that you're going to find their email uh, when there's technologies to do that, and then send them an email but I will say there's a whole science about how to approach people through email. You might not know this, but 85% of all emails that are sent to people who they don't know are not even read. So how do you know whether they're even getting your information? Could be in their junk mail, et cetera. So one of the things we wanna do is to understand this whole idea of connecting to the targets list uh, through an intro package. Another thing is we wanna to connect to the target list by sending market pull data from all the stuff we just talked about above. So if you have a press release or conference information, you could send that. Let's not forget social media. Connecting by leveraging social media is one of the first things that we should do. For instance, if you could find that person you want to talk to and link with them in LinkedIn, for instance, and develop a relationship there first, before you even approach on a sale, now you're developing a relationship. You know, people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. So if you can develop a relationship uh, first, that would be very useful in, in a market push technology. Then when you want to connect the target list of professionals uh, to uh, uh, contact them at, at the right time uh, and in the right sequence, you certainly don't want to be contacting people, you know, three days uh, uh, separated by three days each uh, and, and do that a lot because you start bothering them. Another thing we want to do is understand that is relationships that help sell. So it might take you six months or nine months to develop the right relationship. And then in essence, We've been doing this for many, many years, and we have found best practices of sort of the best rates and the best times. But I could just tell you that relationships sell, sell yourself, and then sell your intellectual property next, and do it at a reasonable business pace, not an anxious pace. But when it comes right down to it, negotiation skills are required. And what we're going to learn in the, in the next group of topics is, and you might be surprised, is the tricks, the top tricks to sort of winning the deal. You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well.
That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode. Now let's move on to topic five, the campaign support. Once again, always be answering objections in everything you do. Just think about everything you're saying and doing in every communication is gonna be used in the negotiation. Once we get past this idea of always answering objections, it would be very useful if you don't have one to create a website. That makes you more credible. It may make it appear that you're not desperate or poor or non-professional. You wanna create a website tracker if you can. These things are very inexpensive. You, you can see if someone comes to your website. It's a great way to know if you've sent some information out, whether you're being checked out. Uh, you can't, I can't tell you how many deals I've done well, that one bit of information has allowed us to know whether it was interest or not. One of the things you can do with the emails that you send out is use mail follower technology, uh, like MailChimp, et cetera. We actually know if they opened it up and how long, and even if they read the PDF that you attached. You wanna create a social media presence with consistent connections to the target list, even before you start the process. I was just talking to a friend that in, in some cases you can link in with somebody and be their friend, maybe several months from then, send them an article. Uh, several months from then again, send them another article and maybe send them another email within five months talking about how uh, you know you can link networks and if he ever if he ever needed a way to connect together, you'd love to and kind of look for their approval to say yes. And then several months after that, then send that intro package. I mean, the, the, the fact that you have to push this out by six months, but you could have a really solid opportunity uh, should be respected because you'll never get it pushed uh, this way, unless you, you use this sort of soft approach. Knowing your audience and timing, create alerts. You may find that the company just announced some new product direction and your patent is square on. Uh, look at alerts and announcements from other companies. Another part of the support is create a support team around you. Make sure that you can get your patent attorney involved and that your patent attorney will answer questions. If there's anybody that can help you with the website or marketing materials so they become more professional, that's important. And also you can reach out to experts or companies that do this for a living. One of the things that I've found is that organization increases success rate because if you're well-organized and on top of the details and doing things in a timely manner, you can expect success more than doing it just by broadcasting it out and hoping someone comes right back to you with some, yes, I'll buy it or license it or not. And these are just a few ways to get your campaign supported. There are many. And this is one of the reasons why people hire professionals that have the infrastructure to do it because you don't have, they don't have to develop the infrastructure, they've already done it. Let's go to the last topic, topic number six, negotiating closing the deal. And lastly, I'll once again say, always be answering objections. Boy, this couldn't be the better place to answer objections. The more objections you can answer yourself upfront, the less that they can come up with the objections and where you have to answer against them. You see, if they come up with the objection, then you have to work uphill. If you come up with the objection and overcome it yourself, then they have to go uphill to claim that as a real objection. Everything is part of the negotiations I mentioned, the collateral, the reach outs, the timing, everything. They don't wanna see you as poor or unprofessional. Uh, if there is interest, what does that mean? What needs to be done? Keep in mind that this is a tip. He throws up the first price, generally loses. So what we do in licensing or patent monetization is we throw out ranges, like saying low high figures or, or, or high seven figures, et cetera, not absolute numbers, because by doing that, you can put uh, thousands and thousands of dollars in a range. Uh, so they always think about the bottom of the range. You're always thinking about the top of the range, but at least you're in the range and, and therefore not setting a price right out. Know that the process actually moves from the discussion to throwing out these ranges to then starting off with some simple two-page letter of intent. Uh, maybe just a little bit of upfront money. 
Once you get that, you're getting closer to yes by making the process of doing the deal in, in sort of baby steps, if you will. And of course, that moves to some back and forth discussion, probably more diligence, and then to agreements, and then to really deeper agreements with attorneys. So it moves through that process. The real buyer or licensee is generally not the person you're negotiating it with. That person's usually a proxy between you and the real person. So one of the tricks of the trade is when you're negotiating is to recognize that you can use language that the negotiator will bring back to the decision maker. So if the decision maker is gonna be the vice president of technology and the negotiator is a biz dev uh, person, you might tell the biz dev person how well this would help the future of the technology of the company. And know how to handle, handle objections. It's the biggest part of this. Uh, and sometimes you can learn how to handle negotiations. You can go to courses to learn how to handle negotiation. I've done that. Some of these courses can take a week or two, but it's really important to understand how to handle negotiations. And that's one of the reasons, again, why people hire professionals who've been doing this all along. By the way, if you do hire some professional negotiator for patent licensing, patent sale, note that it is a different type of deal because that negotiator needs to know about things like prior art, claim strength, title, whether it's an exclusive or non-exclusive. There's a lot of tricks in the trade for uh, licensing or patent sales. And I'll give you one other fun little story, have two banks. When the company transfers money to you, transfer the money from that bank to a second bank. Because we've actually had deals where there were changes and money was pulled back out of an account, if you can believe it or not. But that's just sort of one of the fun tricks about how to close a deal. So let's wrap up. I mean, we talked about topic one's way to figure out who to sell a license your patents. Two, we discussed specific and powerful tools like the citation tool, or evidence of use, the complexity of having a good target list. We even pointed to the serendipity nature of this whole idea of the market. Maybe someone out there is looking for a patent or patents just like yours now. Then the next step in topic two is we talked about preparing for sale of license, getting your house in order. We discussed getting the right hook, which is certainly a skill to do, but uh, you, know, you should be thinking about what the hook is of why they wanna buy our licensure patents. We talked about a three-tier monetization set of packages. There are many ways to increase successes. We talked about videos, the volume out, new IP prototypes. And at the end, we you know, mentioned, and we're very clear about this, that it is a marathon. Don't expect to try to turn around a license in a couple months or, or a sale. The market pool, we talked about in topic number three, which is really a secret way of trying to answer your objections, but at the same time, getting the market to think it was their idea to approach you. We talked about the many creative ways to do this, press releases, blogs, white paper, presentations, media channels, and the like. And note in topic number three, the market pull, you can use this with the second top, with this next topic, topic four, the market push. We discussed, of course, the Star Trek metaphor shields up. Some companies do not want to license or buy patents. It could be their policy. So knowing that at the front end is really good. Uh, if you find people that do this for a living, they generally know who those companies are. One of the things we talked about is it's always good to do direct sales if you know how to pick up the phone, but really 95% of us will contact through emails. So know about things like reach out rates, know about the push techniques that can allow you to do soft selling, social media, and long timing. And even if you have to you know, seek professional help on how you can do this market push. Once all that's going, you need to have a campaign support because patent monetization is real work. Developing a website if you don't have one, website trackers, email followers, social media, knowing the audience through alerts. Having an organization is incredibly important and being organized even more. Many times it's best to get a professional who has, has all that infrastructure in place. Uh, but no matter what, don't appear to 
be really anxious or unprofessional. And finally, negotiations, we discussed ways of answering objections. We talked about collateral, emails, and all the communications built in. Throwing out the first price is not the best thing, but throwing out ranges is certainly fine. We talked about the, you know, the, the, the low five figures and things like that. We discussed that the negotiator is not generally the person that is a decision maker, so know that and understand that the negotiator is someone's gonna pass information through to the, to, to the person who's gonna finally make that decision and know how to message to the negotiator. But in all of this, as we wrap up, we wanna recognize that there is a process and method to the monetization patent uh, license or, or, or selling patents that you can work with. And we hope this information here can get you on your way. And remember, we would really like, if you, if you like this podcast, to subscribe and give us a like.